Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sustainable Culture Podcast. It was way back in April that you last heard from me. I was working way too many jobs for too much time, but work has very fortunately settled down, and it's time to discuss the things that make our communities tick once again. But before we get started, I really must shout out my sincere thanks to those of you who have been supporters of the show so far. You have made yourselves known to me around town, over the internet, and some of you have gone out of your way to continuously encourage me to get the show back up and running against all of my own personal odds. Now, I will always have a passion for sustainability, but your kind words and the fire it has set aflame in me are directly intertwined. The fact that other people are passionate about this stuff proves that this show and discussion similar to the ones found here can make the difference we see in our cities, our communities, and everything that entails. So thank you once again for being incredible human beings. I cannot verbalize that enough. Now enough about you. Let's talk about hair. That's right, hair. Last week I took a short venture up to Hayden, our lovely little northern neighbor, where I met Courtney Jackson, professional hairstylist, steampunk enthusiast, and owner of one of my new favorite shops, Alchemy Color Lounge. And big props, by the way, to my friend Kendall, who's also a hairstylist there, for telling me about Courtney and introducing me as well. Do go see her. She totally rocks. This shop is North Idaho's first and only Green Circle Salon. Now, we'll talk in length about what the Green Circle program is in detail during the interview a bit later, but for now, a quick thought experiment for you. Close your eyes, but for heaven's sakes, not if you're driving. Now, if our stationary listeners will entertain me for a moment, imagine your regular hair salon, barbershop, or some such place. Really get a nice, strong vision going. Picture the hair washing stations, the chairs you sit in, the mirrors, the brushes, the products used, and services offered. Think of the materials being used for a standard hair dye session, the ingredients within them. Where does the waste go in your shop? Really think about it. Are there trash cans? Recycling maybe? I mean, can you even picture it? Okay, open your eyes. If you're a lot like most of us, you might have had trouble with several of the latter bits. It's very common for us to miss these kinds of details because the haircut or whatever you're having done is likely at the forefront of your thoughts at that moment. You have to be a fellow obsessive of sustainable business practices to even notice such things. You see, Courtney and her Alchemy Color Lounge are one shop within an industry that rarely, if ever, addresses just how unsustainable their salons typically are. These guys reduce, reuse, and recycle freaking everything, and it is just fantastic to see someone doing this. So, it has been far too long, I am far too excited, and I think it's high time we officially and enthusiastically get started with the long-awaited Episode 6, Hair Care.
So I'm sitting here with Courtney Jackson, and we're sitting here back in uh, the Alchemy Color Lounge here in Hayden. I'm so excited to be here. Um, thank you so much for inviting me to come and to tour the other day. And yeah. it's been it's been a blast finding out about this shop. Thank you for wanting to come learn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, this is what it's about: learning and, and finding out that these industries even exist. And so I'm really excited about some of the stuff we're going to get into today because I feel like it's a lot of stuff that people just don't think about on a regular basis. And this is uh, crucial to sustainability is learning these new ways to become more sustainable little by little depending on things you find out about. It's just really fun. So Absolutely. Yeah. So before we get into all the stuff that I have planned, tell us a bit about you, um, how you got into doing hair care in the first place. Just give us a rundown of who's Courtney Jackson. How'd you get into this? Okay. Um, so I'm Courtney Jackson. I was born in Wyoming near Jackson Hole. Oh yeah. Um, I left there when I got married very young and we went to Southern California for the Marine Corps. So okay. um, Marine Corps took us to Oceanside, California. So that's where I originally went to hair school. And my husband had deployed to Iraq, so I had finished up school while he was gone and was working in a spa, and he was unfortunately blown up twice within oh two gosh. weeks of each other while he was there. So that forced me to stop working at the spa I was at, but I went to a hair product company where I worked in the corporate office yeah. there. So I got to see the, that side of the industry as well where I got to do like hair show, like I helped, you know, build the hair show from the ground up for mm -hmm. the entire year. I talked to distributors, I worked on all that cool stuff. So mm -hmm. it gave me a lot of insight back then of where our industry was um, yeah. before like being super, super behind the chair, Yeah, which was cool. And the company is Euphora International. So he already was kind of in that green direction. Mm -hmm. Don Bewley was the founder who's unfortunately since passed, but his wife, Beth, still runs the company. They're still in Carlsbad, California, and they're kicking it like kicking butt. So mm -hmm. that's cool to watch them, like how much they've grown from since I've been in the corporate office. Yeah. And he was one of, I don't know if he was the first, but to me it was the first where I'd heard that his, um, his shampoos were aloe vera based rather than water based. Interesting. So yeah. I thought that was cool to learn like that side of it. And he taught me a lot of like the dirty things that were in like mousse, you yeah. know? So I don't recommend mousse to anybody after <laughs> learning the things that he um, had taught me about that. Yeah. And I found it very interesting because even in any salon professional mousse, like within the first five ingredients is isobutane and propane. As that doesn't belong on your hair, that's a barbecue right. grill. Right. <laughs> Those are fuel. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh so gosh. like learning that that's the kind of things that gives you, and it, they're there mostly as a, a propellant to make it do the, you know, yeah. foam yeah. and it dries your hair out right. and you know, that's not ingredients you want into yeah. your stuff. So yeah. I stopped being a moose user from learning that corporate side. Yeah. And after that, we moved to Bozeman, Montana once he got out of the military. I went to school again in Bozeman because, believe it or not, Montana requires more hours than California. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, they didn't That's think funny. I had enough hours in my licensing to continue, um, yeah. which was fine. So I learned a lot of cool things there in, in Bozeman. Yeah. Uh, we lived there for about three and a half years and then moved to Coeur d'Alene. That's so. awesome. So a long journey. 
It's been yeah, I've been a little all over, so I'm still licensed in three states. Um, yeah. I still keep those licenses so I can go back and work. And That's great. It's awesome. It must feel good to have that backup. Definitely. Cause, um, so I'm a Unicorn Tribe member. Okay. Shout out to my tribe. Yeah. <laughs> um, we are a, a group of artists collective literally around the world. So we've got more than just hair. We're like hair. We've got tattoo artists. We have dancers. We have mm-hmm. nail people, photographers. Like we're just... Alix Maya is the creator, mm-hmm. and she like called us the Lost Boys and Girls, <laughs> just like of the creativity side of it, where yeah. we just kind of we come together and we're a family, and we just are, yeah we bounce ideas off each other all the time, and so well, you definitely see that art bit. Unless you walk in here, you don't see it, but it's very clear yeah. that you're very interested in art. You're very into what art is all about and applying it to the space that you're within. So. That's that's just really cool how that comes out Thank in you. the rest of what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, since you can't see the shop from hearing my voice, it's right. steampunk themed. And so I wanted it to be very detailed to have that conveyed that yeah. that's what it was. There are krakens. There are lots of krakens. Yes. <laughs> I like the krakens. That's so I'm cool. I'm obsessed. <laughs> yeah. And skeleton so. keys and cameras and yes. just the coolest stuff in here. So I tried really hard to tie the old into the new and make it authentic and just neat, you know? Yeah. Aesthetically pleasing, comfortable yeah. for anybody, not just women. And right. Well, it, it does come off that way. And, and so the guys know there are big awesome leather lounge chairs that you sit in yes to get a haircut so just that's all you need uh, yes i wanted it to be like a 1920s man cave which is not yeah. normal for a woman wanting that for her space but mm-hmm. um everybody's been super acceptive of it you know yeah. they they like sitting in the chairs it's it's a cool vibe it, it's a very comfy shop and it 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 is definitely a cool place that I've looked forward to coming back Thank having you. toured here. So, so thanks again for sitting with us and yeah. doing this. So, um, so Alchemy Keller Lounge opened up back in February, right? Yes. And but this has obviously been a project with plenty of forethought, especially when you walk in and you see all the details that you pay attention to. So, how long have you considered applying sustainability efforts to your business model, and how did that philosophy affect? things at that point okay so I had a solo studio Mm -hmm. that's if you're not familiar with those it's like a one single hairstylist working in a room oh yeah um, Mm -hmm. and you're there what do they call it solopreneurs or something like that solopreneurs yeah Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Um, and the sweet life definitely can get very lonely because it's just you and your clients so there's um, the good and the bad with that where I was able to create some incredible relationships because I was just simply one-on-one with my my guest, but I couldn't apply things in a big scale Mm -hmm. like I'm applying it here. So I had heard back, oh gosh, I don't remember the year, but I had heard about Green Circle Salon several years ago. Mm -hmm. I think they started the company in Toronto, I want to say. I might be saying the wrong location, but it started there in like 2013. Yeah. And so um, I try really hard to invest back into my career and go to hair shows every year and just stay up on all the things because the trends change constantly. Constantly. So yeah. I had seen them at a hair show too. And so I was like, that's amazing. I want to do that. But mm-hmm. I'm not making as much of an impact by myself. You know, right. I'm still making a little dent because any little thing you do is a big deal. But I was like, I know that I plan to expand mm-hmm. and I'm going to be Green Circle. Mm-hmm. 
And I looked up Green Circle a little bit, and it was pretty fascinating to see how new they are. Um, it yeah. is, now, granted, different sustainability efforts have been around, sort of, but it's, I mean, this is my first time really hearing about such impact on, a positive impact on d- different hair care shops and stuff like that. But yeah, they are very new, and it's, yeah. it's exciting to see where they go. They, they market and brand themselves as a North American effort to do things like this in a different way. Yeah. And uh, I'm stoked that North Idaho has a part to play in this. It's really, really cool. People have become so aware of the green movement that it's become more difficult to distinguish uh, what is misleading. We've heard of the term greenwashing, which mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard lots of. Yes. Um, which, you know, slapping a green colored design and words like natural and even organic on packages are commonly misleading. Because of this, it's not uncommon for customers of hair and beauty products to find themselves contributing to a varied form of waste or varied forms of waste despite their best intentions not to. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just curious what strategies have you been working on to help with that sort of greenwashing problem? Okay, so Green Circle is now B Corp certified. Yeah. Which is yeah. cool. So B Corp, obviously being, we'll touch on that just for those who don't know what a B Corp is real quick. B Corp is something I'm getting really excited about right now. It's the future as far as business goes. Mm-hmm. I think you'd agree. It's all about ethics. It's all about goodness for people. Um, that's very vague. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> but maybe, you know, maybe you can fill us in a bit on that, but it's, it's a big deal. It's where businesses are really heading. If you want to look at good businesses, sustainable businesses, mm-hmm. B Corp is everything as far as a and great And you know they've taken point. that effort to care enough to become into that. So right. they have, they've teamed up with several companies that um, are in line with their values. And mm. so when you become a green circle, you can kind of see other companies that are um, working with them and uh, the things that they do to help keep things full circle. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of my own research, uh, thanks to Instagram and oh, yeah. um, other people in this industry that who are already a Green Circle salon or they're using the products in their salons on a day-to-day okay. basis. So I watched them for a while as the solopreneur <laughs> and was like, oh man, I want one of those, those shower head sprayers. I want one yeah. of those, you know, things that make impactful decisions every day mm-hmm. so uh that's that's just things that i researched and so when i looked into getting uh like my products in general i wanted something that had a very minimal packaging that something that was recycled that the company mm-hmm. cared a lot about it but i wanted it to work i wanted it to be effective and to smell good and you know mm-hmm. i'm a smell person yeah uh, so <laughs> you know but i didn't want false fragrances i didn't want synthetic dyes i wanted real yeah you know real things doing real results and so i put a lot of effort into that which led me to you know numa beauty and anesta and mm-hmm. um i used doTERRA oils and i like that they give back to their communities mm-hmm. and that they try to care you know yeah um so which i wanted to pass forward into my clients taking the same stuff and using that on their their selves and i've i have one client in particular who has switched over to Numa and she's been using it and I think she's gone through two bottles now. Oh nice. Um, and uh, once if you purchase from me and you bring a bottle back, I, I ask that you bring your bottles back so I can make sure that they're cleaned and properly recycled every mm-hmm. time. That way it does get 
where it needs to go rather than in a landfill or just tossed out. I love that because there's, there's so many businesses that like that's a step that so many people probably don't even think about. And I'm talking exclusively about business owners, corporations, a lot of them more are starting to change their ways with this. It seems like with you going out of your way to make sure that that waste gets put into the right place, you're taking that responsibility into your own hands as yes. a business owner, yeah. rather than just being like, here's your bottle. Right, and I, they, they do come back with bags of bottles and yeah. things that they purchased from me, and I, I love it. They're like, here's your little waste gift, and I, <laughs> I clean it off, and I make sure that it gets put in the recycling. But yeah. I've noticed a very visible difference in her hair from using something that's real opposed to her previous shampoo where I just it was dry all the time and it mm-hmm. just her hair just didn't have what it could have been so it's cool that I've seen the results mm-hmm. rather than just saying that there was a result so let's touch on on the products you use a little bit you obviously used doTERRA I think most people are familiar with doTERRA this they've grown a lot in mm-hmm. a short time yeah so you have essential oils here in the shop which is really great and then you've also got uh, shampoo by, say the name again? Numa Beauty. Numa Beauty, spelled mm-hmm. N-E-U-M-A? Yeah. M-A? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I believe it's a Greek word. Numa, and you gave me some samples to take home when I when I came and toured, and they were awesome. Thank you. Oh, I used yeah. them, and they're gone now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love the way it smelled. I, I love the, both the shampoo and the conditioner. So let's just spotlight a cool brand for just a second. Okay. I, I was so impressed with the ingredients and all that stuff. Let's touch on that just a bit from a hairstylist perspective. Okay. And let's touch on like why that's important, some of the problems you've run into, some of the things, new issues that you haven't been aware that you've had to watch out for. You mentioned allergies and stuff. So I just yeah. want to touch a bit on the brand you use and, and just kind of the art of switching from all of the chemical-based stuff to natural-based stuff as far as hair goes. You're already a step above when you use a salon professional shampoo because um, obviously the first ingredients aren't water and alcohol, which is the highest of the content. So, um, but I wanted to go even further than that. I wanted it to have stuff that I could actually read, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) that if I looked at the back of the bottle, when it said lavender, I knew that's what that actually was rather than some giant name no one can pronounce. So Mm -hmm. the company is based out of Laguna Beach, California. In their core values, they do wind-powered offset all of their energy. Which which is just the coolest coolest. thing to see on a package of something. It makes you feel so good. go, oh, (laughs) yeah, um, I'm not contributing to the carbon. (laughs) That's great. At least not not a lot. And I've always thought if you live close enough to the ocean, you should harness that because it's always that little bit of breezy, you know? Yeah. I've been to Laguna Beach many times. (laughs) There's always some sweet breeze going on. Yeah. It's a great little place. (laughs) And you can't beat that ocean smell with the breeze. But (laughs) (laughs) but anyway, their products are already post-consumer recycled by 90% at least. They thought a lot about removing the sulfates and they've replaced like sulfates with coconut in order to get the sudsing factor because some sulfates are just to make it lather. Mm -hmm. So they figured out ways to transfer that into something else and into a good thing rather than it just bubbles mm-hmm. you know um, they do have a zero promise on the back of every bottle of everything they won't put into their their products so mm-hmm. no no synthetic fragrances no dyes no um, carcinogenics or you know sulfates but they're all color safe which 
if you come to a hair salon, you want something color safe. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> to get to be able to use, pick up any bottle that's on the shelf and know that all of them are color safe, instead of like, oh, I can only buy the one that's for color. Yeah. You know, but you still get the beneficiaries of everything, like the yeah. volume or the detox. But yes, going into a more natural line, I do have to ask about allergies a lot more. Yeah. Um, and sometimes people don't realize they have an allergy because it's more natural. Yeah, you mentioned that to me the other day, and, and I guess I'm not allergic to a lot of stuff, really, but so I really wouldn't have thought about that. What, what kind of stuff have you seen pop up, any particular allergies um, that you had to wash Yes, out I have a client particularly where um, she's been having an issue with her scalp, and so I reached for the detox one, which is the one I gave you. Yeah. Um, you get that little tingle factor, uh, yeah. which comes from spearmint and wintergreen rather than uh, tea tree. Yeah, you can smell the spearmint in the wintergreen more than... Yeah, because yeah. um, tea tree can be drying, so I didn't want to over dry her scalp because she's already having that issue, but I mm-hmm. wanted to clarify off like environmental pollutants and things like that. Mm-hmm. And she had made the comment like, well, it feels really good, but it's also it makes me itch after I come here. And I was like, oh, okay. Hmm. And then the next, like, we maybe did that two times, and yeah. she goes, oh my God, I forgot to tell you I'm allergic to nettle. And I was like, nettle? Yeah. yeah. She's like, yeah, I went walking in the woods one time and I touched some nettle and it reacted poorly. Of all things, too. And then I look at the bottle and sure enough, it had nettle in it. And that's why it was making her itch after she left. And right. I, that thought never crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. So I have had to be a, a more diligent in saying, do you have any allergies to any natural things? Right. Well, you <laughs> know, one, one thing I started thinking about about that is... is I wonder if it's more beneficial for people to to look at the ingredients and go, oh, I'm allergic to that. There it is. As opposed to seeing some crazy chemical compound name. And not knowing what it is. And having no clue what it is. Yeah. And I mean, unless you go see some specialized professional, and I could be wrong on this, but it seems like you'd have to really go out of your way to get enough people who know, or at least one person who happens to be a specialized person in that to, Mm -hmm. to spot stuff like that. Yeah. I just just a thought. I mean, that's it seems really cool that you can just be like, oh, I'm allergic to nettle. Yeah. There's but nettle. if you don't know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I've had to learn to ask even with waxing because I had a guest oh, yeah. that was allergic to aloe vera, and we we use aloe vera a lot to like mm-hmm. do the cooling factor after you've ripped hair out of your face. Were you able to do anything? Um, I now have a lavender oil over there, and okay. I, I ask. You know, I give them choices. Do you right. want lavender oil? Do you want aloe vera? Do you want something else that's cooling that I have? And sometimes they don't want anything. Sometimes they just write it out with a red face. But <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I never asked before because in school you you just learn these are the steps. Mm-hmm. You do the steps, and then after the fact, <laughs> I was like, oh, well, if it's gonna affect somebody, I didn't think to ask that. So, yeah. Yeah. That's that's really cool that um, I mean it's not cool that people are allergic no, to something no, no. you're giving them sometimes. But <laughs> no. it's nice that it's really cool that it's easy enough to spot and that you at the salon have the ability to oh. Alright, I don't know if you can hear some sirens. We had some lovely music in the background yeah. <laughs> there for just a moment. Anyway, but yeah, it's it's just cool that you can fix those issues within the salon itself as opposed to having to go I guess you might be allergic to something in this. Yeah. You're going to have to go see a doctor now. You're going to have to go right. do this. I don't know. I, it's just something that uh, seems less problematic, even though on the surface it's like, oh, yeah, we have allergies to worry about now. But it seems still seems less problematic in my Yeah. In my and it's view. an extra step letting your clients know that you care about them as a person and 
you mm-hmm. know, like you're really truly like, do you have anything? Cause I don't want to have anything that bothers you to not want to come back and see me, you know? Yeah. You're not that salon hairstylist going, Oh, sorry. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Thanks, get out. You know? Right. Yeah. It's <laughs> and like, hopefully no one's like that, but you know. <laughs> so I want to let you brag a bit about how waste is collected at your shop. Okay. Um, let's start with your general waste bins. I was so giddy about this when you pointed this out. So when you look around the shop, and you may overlook it as a customer here, but there are just a few, and I mean just a few, tiny bins around. What's that about? What waste do you separate? How's it collected? Okay, so we have two tiny trash cans. Mm-hmm. As far as general waste is General, concerned. general yeah. trash cans in the front of the salon. Only two. Um, the first one is by the coffee stand that right. we have. Um, and that's to collect all the Keurig pods and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is behind our reception desk. And that's kind of for us and mm-hmm. for general things. And then you won't find another trash can until you go into the bathroom because there should be a can in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And then um, the biggest trash can is in their back room, but nobody gets access to that but us. So we have other bins that are purely for our recycling. Right. Now, before we get to those, what is the purpose behind having such little trash cans around? What made that decision happen? Because if it's harder to find a can, you're going to ask me. And then I'll say, oh, don't worry about it. I'll take your stuff and I make sure it's put in the right bins. Bing, 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 bing. That is such a cool idea. (laughs) Because Um, if it's minimal, you know, it's harder to work for. The the idea of, so I'm obsessed with shop design, whether it's a coffee shop or, now I have a background of coffee, so I'm a sucker for coffee shop design. But I, I love looking at shop design in general, whether it's hairstyle, whether it's, I mean, any retail environment of any kind, if you have a product and you have a way to set it up in a way that is smart. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with stuff like that. And so when, <laughs> especially when it comes to sustainable choices, yeah. the idea that you had this thought, now I don't know if this was just pure you or if, or if you saw this somewhere, but either way it's cool, of having to f- sort of force someone to ask you where to put something. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. Um, I work somewhere, and I don't want to say any names, but I work at a grocery store where we had to get rid of, they chose to get rid of this recycling bin that's up at the front of, used to be up at the front of the store. And so many people, you know, just most people don't look. Mm-hmm. So many people threw the wrong thing into regular recycling. Yes. And so the store kept getting fined, these big fines uh, from the recycling center. From having, yeah. From having the wrong stuff in there. Yeah. And so they ultimately, sadly, had just got rid of the recycling bin altogether up at the front part of the store. And... And it's such a waste when you see stuff like that. There's so much opportunity. Yeah. So when you go, okay, I'll work around that. Yeah. I'll have people talk to me first. Yeah. I just love that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and um, all, my, all of my team know that I'm definitely a trash Nazi. And they find me digging through the trash all the time. Yeah. Um, because sometimes you just throw it away and don't think about it, you mm-hmm. know. But when you cho- make the decision to, oh, I'm just going to throw it out, you're not throwing it out. It just sits in our mm-hmm. landfill like it's not going anywhere mm-hmm. so I dig through and I get or if it, say a family member came by you mm-hmm. know and I don't really make family members not come in our back room so right. they'll, sometimes they'll just throw it away and not think about it so I dig through constantly yeah and then with our tiny can by the coffee um, stand there every week we go through we put on our rubber gloves and we tear those 
Keurig pods apart Mm -hmm. and we make sure that they are rinsed and cleaned and put in the plastics Mm -hmm. and that, you know, all of those bits and pieces, the little creamer tabs and things, they all get cleaned Mm -hmm. and put in the recycling. Mm -hmm. So if we could just get Keurig to make better little cups. (laughs) And there are, there are companies that have, the, like, they only have a plastic ring now rather yeah, than I've the seen full some of the, pod. But yeah, there's the metal still, ones. You yeah. can all that. Yep. There's all kinds of stuff. And we're actually working on doing a whole coffee series where, uh, fun fact, everybody, uh, we're, we're hopefully going to do a whole, <laughs> I'd like to do like a week-long project where we talk all about that type of stuff. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. But no, it's just it's just inspiring, I think, for me to see that attention from not even just the business owner but as a company you've you've gone like yeah we we use small trash cans yeah as that's what we do yeah um it's for a purposeful reason and it works yeah and people try to help and go oh here let me just throw this in the plastic container and i'm i i try really hard not to overreact i'm like no 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 (laughs) i'll do it thank you (laughs) (laughs) there's a system like (laughs) yeah Hey there, hope you're enjoying the discussion. Do you have any suggestions for the show? A personal story you'd like to share about your own sustainability journey? Or ideas on how to bring the community together? Well, I'd love to hear them if you'd like to share. Send them over to sustainablecultureodcast at gmail.com. And who knows, your story might even make it onto the podcast itself. Let's get back into the discussion with Courtney as we begin to learn about the more intricate waste management efforts she's brought into the picture. I've seen plastic, I've seen paper, I've seen the, your typical bins, but run us through the gauntlet of your of your organizing bins as far as the waste goes. I have seen plastic and metal. Um, what else do you got? Okay, so we recycle hair. You recycle hair. We recycle We're going to touch hair. on that in a big way. So just know for now, hair is recycled. Yes. And we'll touch on why. It's very okay. exciting. <laughs> so um, yeah. we recycle hair. Uh, we recycle all of the papers. Um, we do plastics. This specific company can take one through seven, which most places can't. Coeur d'Alene does not. Yes. I think Coeur d'Alene is just a couple of them. I know it's number two and, a, and another yeah. one. I forget exactly. but And because yeah. the heavier it is, the more expensive it is to recycle. And it's not worth it to some companies, so they just throw it away anyway. Right. That's why you can't put lids into our recycling here, even though it doesn't make sense to people. That's the reason. Mm-hmm. So um, these people can actually take one through seven. And uh, because it's being shipped out and sent to bigger places than here, they allow it. Um, they can also take styrofoam as long as it is bagged separately. Okay. Um, I, Interesting. I, yeah. We Do don't you know get what? a lot of that here, so yeah. I don't know a lot of the detail of it, but I yeah. know that I can. <laughs> yeah. So. I, I haven't done a ton of research in how that's reused at all. I'm sure it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. That's harder to deal with. So yeah, yeah you've got the plastic, you get the metal, you get the hair. Um, um, then we have excess hair color. Hair color. Color. Um, I know it's a crazy number. I want to say it's like forty-two thousand pounds of excess color gets washed down the drain yeah. every day in and, North and American like salons. To, oh, really? Just in North America. Just in salons. North America. So I think about color. Do you know what 
that gets used for it all? Absolutely. Okay. So, what, what is the color? So any used? of our excess color, it's whatever we didn't put on your head from our little bowls. Right. Um, so we put it all into this excess color bin, which looks disgusting when yeah. we send it back. It, <laughs> it's it's awful. It looks like stomach acid. Oh and my some of the team can't even look at the bag. Yeah. They're like, you do it. I can't pick it up. It makes me want to vomit. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we bag it into a specific bag that the company sends to us. Okay. They send that, um, once it gets to like their distribution where they dig through every bag that we send to them, then they take our color bags and send them to a better treatment facility that um, they actually process out all of the water from Mm -hmm. the excess color. It gets refined and sent to communities that don't have clean drinking water. Oh my gosh. That's just so awesome. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) You hear about stuff like this and you're like, why isn't everyone doing this? Which I'm sure is the resonating thought when you hear about stuff like that on most people's minds. But isn't that the question? Yes. (laughs) It's kind of why we're here talking about this. Because it requires more thought and effort. Thought and effort. And, And that's what I love. That's what is immediately apparent when you know what to look for when you walk in this shop. And that's what I was so impressed by is that there's thought there's effort. You had to go out of your way yeah. to do these things, but it's knowing how important it is makes doing that a lot easier. But yeah. you're granted you're a small business doing this, and I think we'll we'll kind of address some more of like larger businesses doing that. It gets harder, I think. Well, it gets harder and easier, I think, the larger you are as a business. Yeah. I think it really just depends on the thought and the effort put behind it. Yeah. I mean, look at Patagonia. I don't know how you, what you know about that company, but yeah, they put thought and effort constantly into every fabric of what they do as a business Mm -hmm. and similar to what you're doing here it's very clear that your goal is to do what you're supposed to do you're a hair salon so you Mm -hmm. want to do that you want to do hair care styling and do a killer job at it and have people enjoy their end product and end results which is something you're already accomplishing but then it's it's just ramped up so much by going like look we also waste a heck of a lot less and we help people get water that don't already have water. Yeah, and plus more, depending on what service you get. You know, you it's like you make a simple impact purely by getting your hair cut, mm-hmm. you know? And teaming up and with And sometimes uh, it's Nuva. that simple. Yeah. You know, yeah. Or because I've taken the thought out of it for the consumer. They come, they get their hair right. cut. Um, the program has an environmental service charge at the end of each service, so which everybody has had zero issue knowing where the things go of being like, I have no problem paying back into that. That's incredible. Hmm. And then they just, that's it. They don't have to think about it anymore because I've done it for them. What kind of, what kind of payment do you usually see for that? It's $2 at the end of your service. So two bucks. $2. Gets you a cup of coffee. Uh, half or, a, cup or of half coffee. a cup of coffee, depending on where you go. <laughs> exactly, because and that's the thing. Again, back into to effort. I love the quote from the Lorax. Like okay. I'm obsessed with it. Like which not, one? Because me too. <laughs> the unless quote. You know, unless yes. someone like you cares a whole, a awful whole lot, lot, it's not going to get better. It's not right. I so, love that, and I'm going to. I am going to put it up on my wall above the recycle bins. Because unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, it's not, not going to get, get better. better. It's not. And it's, oh, oh it's just <laughs> I'm like, the Lorax was Lorax, genius. Yeah. So, yes, I love that quote so much. And it's so true because um, even with people that want to come work here, mm-hmm. you know, I let them know right out the gate. I'm like, look, this is what I do. These are my systems. It's important to me. I, I know that not everyone's going to care and have the heart about it as I do. But please give it heart because 
it shows, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm like, if you live here, you will love this planet. Right. <laughs> yeah. If I give you this room, you will keep it clean. Ex- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I'm not that mean. But, you know, like, um, well, I mean, it is going back to that basic, basic mm-hmm. rule of just keeping up with yourself. Yeah. I think. In a planet-wide situation, we lose sight of it because it's so easy to. Our room is so big, you know, uh, and so when we look at our own living spaces, I use our room as an example, but it's your room, it's your house, it's your living room, it's whatever. The the outdoors kind of counts still. Just because we have doors up doesn't mean we don't live in the wilderness. Like We still do. We have drastically altered things as human beings. It's what we do, and we always have done that. But the decisions we make and how much we care determines how much things will change and, and be better or worse. Like it's, yeah. it is fully based around our decisions and, and we have to realize that right. <laughs> as a human race. Some of us are starting to get there yeah. and that's great. Most, a lot of us have already been there for decades yeah. um, if, and have been sitting in the background going, I've been talking about this, you guys, yeah. you know, but, <laughs> but it's... It's so crucial and it's just so, I just can't get over it. So (laughs) So, like I said, with the the hair color, you know, it's a crazy number being washed down the drain and into our waterways and all of that is so, it affects everything. So um, it's cool that we're actually trying to give back some clean water too. And and it's amazing how many places within our own country don't have that. Yeah. Oh, maybe you've heard our vacuum. That's 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 all right. That's collecting the hair. This is great. This Um, is is getting the whole. atmosphere set up in I real time yeah. um, so, um, our other bin is metals which is yes. um, like hair foils for highlights um, it's our color tubes it's anything metal which is I love that aluminum's infinitely recyclable yeah our metal bins get sent to the facility where they smelter them down and they become car parts mm-hmm. they become bicycle frames they be, you know all of those kinds of things mm-hmm. from foil highlights that is so rad so <laughs> So we got foil, we got, well, we have metal, we have paper, of course, there's plastic, we've got hair, there's color. Am I missing anything? Yep, the last one is what we call our single-use bin. Oh, yes, single-use. So, our old nemesis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so our single-use bin is anything like our gloves okay. to, um, you know, that we put on while we're coloring, our processing caps, our wax strips, wax sticks. The cotton from that pedicure file, you know, the toe separator things, mm-hmm. the nail files. One of our gal does eyelash extensions, which is huge right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the little like sticky things that go under your eye, yeah. those can be put into the single use bin. So the, the point of that bin, mm-hmm. and again, I don't know how they do it, but I know where it goes. So they take the stuff from that bin and they turn it back into reusable energy for heating and lighting houses. I wonder if it might have to do with... I don't know if it's a burn or if it's a... That was what I was You saying know, something this. like that, but that's that's how they're doing it. Hmm. Is, is, or what they're doing with that. Right. So That's really, really cool. Yeah. So even single-use stuff, which I think most people would just gravitate towards the regular garbage. Right. That still has a purpose. Yeah. That's just so awesome. And so, you, it, you would think it would fill faster than it does. It actually does take some time to get the gloves and the right. well, the caps once you and the, the yeah it. it and we push we yeah we step on every bin like crazy people yeah. trying to get as much as we possibly can yeah make it but, worth it yeah yeah the vast array of use in waste 
Yep. Um, you guys have really figured out how to make this work. I want to talk a little bit about something that another thing I hadn't thought about. You showed me the the um, sprayers on your on your hair washing stations. Oh yeah. I mean, like water is obviously a huge waste factor for salons. Yes. I mean, it's huge. I actually tried to find some numbers on this, and it's surprisingly difficult to find. Like water waste, just water waste in hair care industry overall. I found a few figures. Yeah, I don't know it's, an overall number. Yeah, but, it's kind of hard to um, find. I but, know some numbers. And in yeah. fact, before I forget the number, I'd like to tell you a, tell me, me, a tell metal me, number. Yeah. Um, a metal number? Yes, for, from our foils. Okay. Um, I, I was going to say that and it skipped my mind. That's all right. I want to <laughs> so, know this. <laughs> um, North, again, North, just North America salons. Yeah. So in aerosol cans, like yeah. hairspray cans, and foil highlights and all that stuff that would typically go into our metal bin. Mm-hmm. North American salons throw out 110,000 pounds of metals on a daily basis. Oh my gosh. That's half the weight of daily. a commercial airplane every day. Yeah. Just the beauty industry. So that's insane. If you, if you do the math, the amount, that's tons worth. Oh. Tons mm-hmm. of per year. Mm-hmm. That's insane. That's ridiculous insanity. Just from hair stuff. Just from fo- just from metal metals. and foil. That's just the metals. Hair. Yeah. And and see, when I heard numbers like that back when I was a solopreneur, I was like, "What? Mm-hmm. This is insane to me." Mm-hmm. Because the beauty industry alone creates eight hundred and seventy-seven pounds of waste per minute. Like my brain just fritzed. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's cringy, right? Yeah. And as when you go to a salon, that's obviously not something you're thinking about. You're there because you want to feel pretty. You're there because you are taking care of yourself and it's your self-care. And we don't want to overwhelm you with those numbers. But as the person behind the scenes, I cared. Mm -hmm. I hate throwing away all of the crap. You know, mm-hmm. so when I heard 877 pounds of waste per minute, I died a little. <laughs> so. That is just staggering. I mean, I could talk about those, that type of thing all day. What I want to get into is... Both the, the shower sets. <laughs> let's talk about, yeah, so let's talk about the shower heads at your washing station. Okay. I, I was more fascinated probably than I should have been. I don't know. I was really blown away. They're very so cool. They're really, really cool. You can see through them. You know what's yes. going on. So, all right. So... Water's a huge waste factor for hair salons. It's yeah. hard to get a number exactly on what that is, um, surprisingly. But there's a lot of water that's wasted. Yeah. So the, the idea is how can you save some of that? That obviously went through your head. Yes. And so um, you've not forgotten this. You've really gone out of your way to do save as much water as you can. So could you take some time to explain just the anatomy of yes your sprayers that you use so i use eco head sprayers um eco heads northwest i think that's what they're called eco head yeah okay. eco head so they have created this really cool design yeah. um it doesn't it, we all know the rubber hose looking mm-hmm. sprayer right mm-hmm. so they've taken that away and now it looks like a shower head like a hand like a handheld right shower head which feels better in my hand it saves 65% water, like I'm using 65% less water a day by using these, but I'm actually getting more pressure and I wash faster. So the way yeah. that they've filtered that through, cause it has, like you said, you see through it, you see the little bubbles, it yeah. has a little water reserve. So they have black tourmaline beads into 
in it, mm-hmm. which is deionizing the the water. Now I want to I want to pause there for a sec. You said those deionize the water. What does deionizing water do for your hair? So it's taking the because um, there's an ionizer on your blow dryers even you know so okay. it's taking like the positive and negative things and mm-hmm. they can neutralize out and so it's like it's it closes the cuticle. Okay. Which makes your hair have less frizz. It makes it shinier and smoother. And it uh, has the filter to remove like sediment and rust and all the things. And here in North Idaho, or at least in Coeur d'Alene, we have super hard water. Yeah. So it's helping really kind of neutralize here. some of those minerals. So it's, it's not as aggressive once it touches your head. So that's great. Little tiny things like that. Yeah. I think about the even the tips or even the um, head themselves, the metal part where the water actually comes through. That front it's screen. It's such a small, small screen. Yeah. Yeah. And so it has like a, a more holes than you would see normally. Yes. Um, just, it has 340 holes on the metal plate. Yeah. That the water has to pass through. So it's it's giving it like a little massage because it's yeah. just like so much coming through there, but it's also eliminating the like the small sediments and things that would have ended right. up on your head. So, so this so, shower head has has been engineered so smartly to where, like you said earlier, more water you use a lot less water, but you get more pressure. Yes, it's just a win-win. <laughs> so the typical um, shampoo basin with the rubber hose uses about two gallons of water per use and with the eco head shower it takes it down to like a gallon per well, use yeah or less probably or le- yeah or less so that's because still... it, the pressure is so much i can wrench so much faster right and you showed me yeah can confirm high pressure uh it it, yeah. it definitely does the job i mean you wouldn't even think about it if you were just to buy a let's say a shower head like that at home feels the same it, it might not even, I mean, it doesn't feel this exactly the same, but it, it makes very little surface difference as far as if you're not paying attention to that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. But just the fact that it's, that is a, a thing we could touch on as far as just the sheer engineering of, of yeah. something you use in your shop can make that big a difference. Right. And every week we take the, the metal plate off and we just soak it in vinegar to get rid of any buildup that mm-hmm. the hard water has that way it keeps spraying normally rather than spraying right. crazy right and at the end of the week we see that some of them have become plugged and it's spraying all over the place mm-hmm. and it's just that fast that's just how the minerals in our water is so yeah i love that i wanted to i wanted to touch on the shower heads i had to geek They're out super about those. cool yeah right. she was like oh and by the way this is the last thing we saw at the tour yeah. <laughs> she goes check out these shower heads and i was like what <laughs> These are so cool, you know. Um, just, Which, that yeah. was one of the first things I purchased. Oh, really? Yeah. See, that's that's just engineering choices and the things that you buy and, and focusing on how they were actually built mm-hmm. is really, really crucial. I mean, you're, you're saving tons of water yeah. just from a shower head that you didn't have anything to do with in the design process yeah. or anything. People just, much smarter than me. <laughs> people who went to engineering school, first yeah. off. Uh, did this and and thank goodness because you're saving tons of money you're saving lots of water all important they're easy to use they feel good right the client likes them like yeah and it's just cool yeah so I love that I had to geek out about that for a (laughs) second so as far as collecting hair goes let's go back to the hair Okay. okay you spoke about hair booms yes which that term hair boom b o o m might be a term that listeners aren't familiar with Oh, let's tell you about hair booms. So you spoke about hair booms during our initial tour 
of the shop, I want to shed some appropriate light on this particular topic just because of how cool it is. What are hair booms? How are they made? And what are they used for? Okay, so all of our hair gets uh, collected and sent off like everything else. And they, I, th- I think it's, again, crazy numbers. I The numbers is what caught my attention so much. But yeah. I think it's 63,000 just in hair clippings on a daily basis. Like pounds? Pounds, yeah. Wow. So they take all of those and they make these hair booms. And yeah. it is for oil spill cleanup in rivers and oceans. Oh my gosh. Um, because it can clean up 12, I think 12 times the amount of its own weight, mm-hmm. you know, cause they're not heavy. It's hair. It's right. not that, you know, if there's, they just kind of put them out and it collects all of that. Whatever isn't made into a hair boom becomes mm-hmm. a pet bed for humane societies across North America as well. Um, and so great. they'll make pillows for disaster relief. Um, Green Circle's actually working on a prototype for, I think they're on their third biocomposite plastic bin made mm-hmm. out of hair that's amazing i'm sure they can break down really easily too and so i was looking up hair booms and there's a website that you might have checked out matteroftrust.org um i looked into hair booms a little bit because when you mentioned it the other day i was just so obsessed like what? Like, yeah. oh my gosh disaster <laughs> relief from yeah. hair so i looked this up and and for those who who don't know hair while it doesn't absorb oil what it does is it cakes oil right onto the surface of it, mm-hmm. which is why you see all these, um, all you see these commercials of let's like the sea otters who have you know who unfortunately have gotten all oil all over their oh, fur. Yeah. It's really hard for them to get it off mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons, but it's not absorbed. It's just caked on to the surface of the hair. This causes all kinds of really bad issues. Animals have, I mean, tons of so many animals have, have perished from this type of stuff. So when yeah. you look into how to mitigate that it's actually really difficult to do in when cleaning up the ocean we've looked at things like burning it all these things that are kind of these haphazard admittedly ways mm-hmm. to deal with it it might work some of it some of it works better than others vox actually did a story on hair booms last year come to find out and oh, cool. they talked about how the disaster relief efforts just from hair have been uh, they're kind of fringe on unfortunately right now, but they no pun intended, but um, <laughs> uh, but they have really been spotlighted because of the effectiveness of hair booms. Mm-hmm. And so I'm fascinated with that idea about how much oil can actually be absorbed from hair. It's just fascinating. Yeah. So do you, can people make their own booms that you know of? I that I don't know. I'm, no. I'd be curious to look into that. I I'm I just don't know fascinated. the outside what they're putting over them yeah. to collect it. I don't know if it's like a mesh. I don't know. Yeah, there's some I kind of thin like... Yeah, there's a, a thin layer over the top. Um, I don't know. It, it kind of looks like a pantyhose or, you know... It's like something, a big... Something like... Kind of, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It kind of is. Um, so I don't know what that material is that's over the top. Yeah. So I, I don't... I personally don't know how to make my own hair boom. I bet it'd be easy. But, I bet you could do yeah. something like... Because there's, and I say that because there's people from third world countries, islands who that are not um, built up very much uh, yeah. or industrialized, are making hair booms and they're cleaning these things yeah. up, and it's it's fascinating. So because with if you're just throwing out hair, if you think in terms of any other salon that doesn't recycle them into these booms and things like that, yeah, um, you're throwing it into a plastic bag that's getting thrown right. into our landfill, and because 
hair needs light and air to decompose. It's mm-hmm. just creating that greenhouse gas. So the bag's expanding and it's causing more issues than we need. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to have a different resource to be like, okay, we know that hair can absorb at least 70% in water mm-hmm. and it will do what you said with the oil. So yeah, if there's a better <laughs> sustainable resource than hair, I don't know what else to give folks like that that is you know hair is a end endlessly abundant yeah where there's we have too many humans in the first place it grows back so yeah. <laughs> it grows back and so i mean just something like that if we can get i mean more and more hair care places are starting to get this but it's so slow it seems like so the fact that you're doing this in north idaho is perfect because yeah. this is like an oasis in this area of like this is a thing that exists first off we yeah. collect hair it is used for all kinds of different things but we can all agree that the ocean's kind of dirty right now, just a little, yeah. you know. So when we are able to use things like hair, just through the way that you decide to run your hair care business, which mm-hmm. is a tiny facet of humankind. And how far are we from the ocean? How we how far you know are we from I mean? the ocean? You know what I mean? The that fact I still that can make an impact over there, exactly. not being so far inland. Yeah. You know, because at, like I said, living in Oceanside, California, I, I grew up landlocked. So, girl, like, spending my five years in California and being near the ocean, and I just was, I love it so much. I became so passionate about it, and I always joke I need vitamin C, you know, like the (laughs) SDA. And I was like, ah, I just need to get some vitamin C and get out of here. (laughs) And I'm very fascinated with the marine life and things like that. I love aquariums. I I'm obsessed with octopus and mm-hmm. so I'm like I hate that they're struggling because we're being dirty humans mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah we can make these decisions and, yeah. and we have the power to do this and that kind of leads me to what I wanted to mention like so when I see shops like yours it is really a sobering reminder to me of just how far our dollars can actually go if we're, if we're just paying attention yeah. Um, companies can and do completely change their waste management practices when people demand it strategically enough. You know, just by not buying their stuff from that company until they make appropriate changes, for example, mm-hmm. has and still does make huge makes huge changes. What have you learned as a business owner about the art of buying power and how does that affect your own buying decisions? So. Obviously, I think the program alone speaks volumes if you know about it, you know, if you know about it, because I am the first and currently the only in North Idaho. Right. So that alone (laughs) is a big deal um, for those that care. And um, I think when you give people value in their experience as well, they're more they're more likely to want to do that. And I've tried really hard in my online presence to let people know this is what I do. This is what we care about. This is what our specialties are. Mm -hmm. We don't just do color despite that being our name. Like we do it all Mm -hmm. and we we do it passionately, you know. So I think that's conveyed for people to want to put their money where they feel their value. Right. And like you said, when you walked in, you're like, whoa, you know. Yeah. My whole entire goal when I created the shop is I wanted it an experience from the moment you stepped in the door Mm -hmm. to the moment you left. Yeah. Whether you came and spent money with me or not, I still wanted it to be an experience. Right. To walk in and go, holy cow. And then I'm shameless when I tell people to go flush my toilet. Yeah. Because... (laughs) Which, by the way, we have to talk... So the toilet here is... It seems like a funny thing to be amazed at, but oh my gosh, if you come to the Alchemy Color Lounge, go use the restroom because it's our bathroom. It's amazing. Um, it is the coolest, swooshiest, 
flushiest toilet I've ever seen. <laughs> so my toilet, I'll explain it. Um, I, I liked a high tank toilet yes. because I felt like it was perfect in a steampunk themed salon. Yeah. Um, traditional European high tank toilets are one pipe. It's all on the same wall. Yeah. And I, you got your pet Kraken in there. Yeah. What's, what's so, that name? The name of that one? Um, the Kraken in our toilet is named Vladimir. Vladimir. That's the one. So, yes. <laughs> I told my husband, I'm like, okay. We looked up high tank toilets. We saw their cost. <laughs> Right. They were boring, you yeah. know, like, okay, sure, I can flush it with a chain, whatever. And I yeah. said, honey, we are so much more extra than this. Let's do this. Yeah. So <laughs> my husband and I, well, I mean, mostly my husband, we created this design where we wanted the tank on the opposite side of the wall. Yeah. And we wanted it to whoosh back and forth in a zigzag pattern down to the toilet. To, and so you pull the pull chain and you hear the water whoosh before this it actually sh- flushes. It's and the coolest sound. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very cool. And it actually doesn't use a lot of water to do that. It's yeah. just sound effect. Right. You know? <laughs> it's just going down the pipe. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's all exposed and yes, it really gets Yes, so you cool. really get to hear it. So um, I wanted that experience too. Like I yeah. said, I'm so shameless and be like, go to our bathroom. Our yeah. Krakens live in there. <laughs> they all have a name. Like, <laughs> And um, a lot of people, they're like, oh man. And they Instagram our toilet all the time. I'm like, hashtag oh, yeah. us, please. I want to see your Instagram flushing our toilet. Oh like I'm told everybody I'm going to make stickers that say I flushed the toilet at Alchemy Color Lounge. That should be a t-shirt <laughs> right there. You know, that way it's just another added extra value when you come in that makes you want to be here opposed to somewhere else. Right. So placing value in the hands of the customer, I mean, that's, that's yeah. a really, really important. They have this value in their hands. So what that says to me anyway, as a consumer, is when a company places a serious amount of value mm-hmm. in what they are doing, mm-hmm. in your own hands as a consumer, you're taking a piece, it might be difficult to imagine this, but philosophically, you really are taking a piece of that company with you when you leave. Yeah. Because of the impression it made on you, right? And, and because of the whole, I never thought about this before factor. Right. And so that's, I'm sure, made a huge impact. And I joke with my clients a lot that, you know, I'm like, I appreciate that you've chosen me because there's a million hairdressers. We're, our salons are like Starbucks. Like, we're literally on every corner. All over. And yeah. um, I personally specialize in rainbow hair color. So, like, the creative colors with purples, blues, pinks, all that kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, obviously, that's not all I do. I do very, and, and I, my clients are always like, I'm so normal and boring for you. I'm like, no, I still, I love what I'm doing right. and I'm passionate about what I'm doing whether it's brown or not you right. know but I'm like without you I'm just a crazy girl with pink hair holding scissors like right. <laughs> that's all you know that's it so right. like I value them as much as they're valuing me right and I want to create that relationship and I want people to know how much I care about them and I appreciate them and I have clients that I've had for six years where I sit and I cry with them when things happen in their lives and that they feel comfortable enough to talk to me, you yeah. know? I just think the beauty industry is magical, mm-hmm. you know? It just needed that little extra magic of being able to clean it up, yeah. you know? And I think feel like everybody should do it. And yeah. I really care about each person that comes in this shop. <laughs> and that's, that's really delving into the community, which is something we talk about a lot on this show, is the importance of being a part of the community and, and helping that community thrive. That is really what sustainability is, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Um, sustainability is a way that we throw things away in a certain way that makes it better. Yes, but it is so much broader than that. And and you've really touched on that in, in its realist sense. Thanks. In your shop. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a growing 
philosophy that sustainability shouldn't just be up to consumers. And we kind of touched on this earlier. Simply choosing one brand over another and sorting waste is certainly helpful, mm -hmm. but the experts tell us that this isn't just enough to change things quickly enough. We've got climate change to worry about, We've got, which is huge, and we haven't even done an episode on that. We've got all these different time frames that people throw out to like clean up yeah. our act in different ways, yeah. or we could be dealing with certain disastrous results. And so these are important things to think about. So when we look at the oil spills, which are still being cleaned, the always desperate need for disaster relief resources, and the mind-boggling amount of plastic waste and other waste that we dump on the planet, it's clear that businesses like yourself have a much larger stake in this fight than some might be willing to admit. Like, I mean, there's some companies who aren't fans of the initial costs, perhaps, right. of dealing with things, because those are a thing. Yes. Um, some others will outright ignore sustainability altogether. Um, different companies just, just choose not to take part in it. Right. So what's your own philosophy on how businesses and corporations should be switching to more sustainable models? Well, like you said, there is a cost to this. You know, and there's, it's the $2 charge. Mm -hmm. And then there's the cost out from myself mm -hmm. that I'm gladly willing to pay knowing on the impact that it makes, right. you know, um, it's kind of, and I'll, I'm just going to put it in a different way. So I just know my industry. So I'm going to use that as right. an example. Right. So when you take the time to go to a hair show each year, mm -hmm. um, you're spending out and that's not cheap. Like it's, it's pretty common. It costs about close to $1,500, $2,000 sometimes mm -hmm. for me to go to classes and shows so I can better my client's experience behind the chair. Mm -hmm. That initial cost... It's a big one. Is, well, it's big, yes, but it creates so much value into what I do when I bring it home and I do that. So I think if you look at it in that way, like if you're willing to set, put that money out in the beginning and then over time you get the reward and the benefit from it, mm -hmm. you know, it, it seems a lot easier. So your you know what I mean? Investment is a nice long yes, term. Yes, yeah. Guarantee. If you're looking at it more as a return on investment, it helps mm -hmm. a lot. You know, um, because like the, the shower head sprayers, they weren't cheap either. You mm -hmm. know, but I can see the difference they've made in less than a year. I see the impact they have on people. Mm -hmm. It was so worth that money, hands down, for me. You know what I mean? So. I think, and I, again, I can't speak for every company or every salon, but right. you know, I think money is daunting yeah. for everybody. So if you look at it and you just like, oh, okay. And you push that out of your mind and you think about the other benefits and rewards that comes with that, mm -hmm. then it's less annoying with that upfront cost. Right. So. Well, it's unfortunate that you can't speak for all companies because I yeah. think you'd be in a good spot. <laughs> so I, I have to thank you like incessantly again for talking with me yeah courtney jackson is her name uh, we're at alchemy color lounge here in hayden where can people find you where are you online for the salon itself you can find us on google yelp alchemycolorlounge.com instagram at alchemy color lounge you can find myself as hair fancy on instagram and on facebook as hair fancy so everywhere we can find you yeah um, you guys know where to go Thanks so much again for meeting Thank you for, meeting for talking up. with me. This has been a blast, and I hope that you guys can hear some of this and go, oh my gosh, I haven't thought of this this way. That's I know what I definitely took from this, and I truly hope that the way you look at salons and the hair care industry as a whole can completely change with this type of stuff in mind. Yeah, and we'd love to see you in 
thought and effort. Those two characteristics are at the core of a sustainable community, and by practicing those two things, societal change will follow. Each of us has to start in our own small way by making changes in our own lives appropriate to the way we live. Talk to your friends about it, your family. Begin to understand the necessity of living with thought and effort as core qualities you practice on a regular basis. Whether you care about this stuff or not doesn't change the importance and the urgency of building neighborhoods and towns and hair salons sustainably. It's not just up to consumers. Business owners have a real and profound role to play here, but we have to continue the conversation to make it happen. Thanks again for tuning into the show today. It's been a blast getting back into it, and I can't wait to share more with you soon. Please share us on social media and find us on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Jet McLaughlin, and I'll see you next time.